this lecture will review the approaches to the temporal bones as seen through the middle and posterior fossa and from laterally through the mastoid. We will begin with the approaches through the middle fossa. How many parts to temporal bone? Anyone? What part of temporal bone is this? Forms floor of middle fossa, lateral wall of middle fossa. Anyone? Squamosal part. Posteriorly is mastoid part, petrous part medially. Tympanic part here forms the back wall of the condylar fossa and the lower and anterior margin of the external canal. And the fifth part is the styloid part. We'll talk more about this tomorrow, but uh, all of you have had a little introduction to this. Uh, we're looking at floor of middle fossa. We peel the dura back to the petrous ridge. Where is the cochlea? B. Everyone. At B here, in back of the greater petrosal nerve, just distal to where it exits the geniculate ganglion. Now, cisternal, meatal, and then from fundus to geniculate ganglion, what segment of facial nerve? Labyrinthine. And distal to that is, is tympanic segment. Now, where are you going to drill if you're coming through the mastoid from lateral to open the superior vestibular area, the fundus of the meatus? Where do you drill? At A, we said they, all the canals, the three, have an ampulated and a non-ampulated end, and the ampulated end of the superior and lateral canal is anterior, and so when you drill through this area, you'll expose superior vestibular area when you're coming through the labyrinth. And inferior vestibular area, you're going to drill at the lower end of the posterior canal at D to expose inferior vestibular area, and the common cruise is going to be located at, at B here for the back end of the superior and the up end of the posterior canal join. So as we look at middle fossa, medially you have trigeminal impression and then it rises up to a prominence that we call the trigeminal prominence, and then it sinks down again into a depression above the internal acoustic meatus. We call this the meatal depression, and then it rises up at the arcuate eminence, and lateral to the arcuate eminence is this paper-thin bone that we call the tegmen, and it roofs the external canal, the tympanic cavity, and the mastoid antrum all set 
below this paper thin bone that is the most common side of spontaneous or post-mastoid leaks into the middle ear. And here we see the greater petrosal nerve, and under it is the carotid artery. Usually the carotid lateral to the trigeminal nerve is covered by bone, but in about 15% of cases there will be a dehiscence of bone over the carotid artery lateral to the trigeminal nerve. So now we've drilled out the, uh, the middle fossa. We see the mastoid, the external canal, tympanic cavity, internal acoustic meatus, and the area along the carotid. And is the cochlea going to set at A or B? It's going to be at B. So a way of thinking about this area is to think about it as what I call the rule of Y. External canal is one limb, internal canal the second limb, and the eustachian tube is the third limb. And along this anterior limb of the letter Y is this structure, which is the, anyone? In the roof of the eustachian tube, nestled up right against the carotid, separated from the carotid by a little thin shell of bone is the tensor tympani innervated by the facial nerve. Yes? No. Five. Five innervates the tensor tympani. So you have tensor tympani, eustachian tube, greater petrosal, and carotid all oriented along that anterior limb of the letter Y. Setting at the junction of the three limbs is the tympanic cavity, incus, malleus, stapes, here in the tympanic cavity, and then also wrapped around the, these, the junction of the three limbs is the cochlea and the vestibule into which the semicircular canals open at this junction. So here we're looking at the junctional area, superior, lateral, posterior canal, tympanic cavity, tensor tympani. Is cochlea going to be at A or B? It's going to be at B, and this is facial. This is superior vestibular inferior vestibular. Uh, and here we see the cochlea. The basal turn sets in this cochlear angle. The middle turn, the apical turn, comes forward under the greater petrosal nerve. is nestled right against the back of the tensor tympani. Uh, so 
and coming through the middle fossa, you can drill out three approaches. One goes to the internal acoustic meatus that's hidden here behind the superior canal. The second comes through the petrous apex under the trigeminal nerve down to the side of the inferior petrosal sinus adjacent to where the sixth nerve passes through Dorello's canal. And when you're drilling medially through the petrous apex, it's easy to have spread of heat to the sixth nerve. I've seen a number of transient sixth nerve palsies from spread of heat to that nerve at the medial part of the anterior petrosectomy. The third approach through you, you can take through the middle fossa is an extended middle fossa approach where you can expose and drill out the labyrinth to get into the posterior fossa. So here we're just looking now at uh, the facial nerve, geniculate ganglion, greater petrosal, cochlea setting in the cochlear angle and behind is the vestibule into which the three canals open. And if you're going to the internal acoustic meatus through the middle fossa, the drilling is very tight at the fundus of the meatus. If you get a millimeter off target and drilling out over the labyrinthine segment, you get into the cochlea or the vestibule uh, and hearing is lost and usually in these approaches they're designed to preserve hearing. And here between the facial and superior vestibular is the Bill's bar, the vertical crest named for Bill House who uh, introduced this middle fossa approach. Now, if you look at the area of the porous of the meatus, there's lots of room over the nerves at the porous. It's very tight at the fundus so that uh, when we drill out the internal acoustic meatus, we start today, well, in the past, they followed the greater petrosal to the labyrinthine segment, very tight drilling easy to enter the cochlea, and then work toward the porous. But today we've learned it's best to work from the porous to the fundus of the meatus, that there's lots of room around the nerves back here below the petrous ridge. But here at the fundus, the geniculate ganglion is just below the floor of the middle fossa. Sometimes it's even exposed in the floor of the middle fossa. But to get to the nerves in the porous, there's quite a thickness of bone below the petrous ridge so that when you begin drilling at the petrous ridge above the porous, you have to go through a lot of bone to get down to the dura around the nerves at the porous, but then as you work toward the fundus to expose the meatus, you're coming progressively more superficial 
and the labyrinthine segment is just below the floor of the middle fossa, so that if we look from the back at this temporal bone, what is this depression? Trigeminal, and this is trigeminal prominence, meatal depression above the internal acoustic meatus, and then arcuate eminence, and this area is tegment. So at surgery, we're usually elevating this dura and looking at it upside down. And here we see the greater petrosal, Kawazi's triangle, trigeminal depression, uh, trigeminal prominence, meatal depression, arcuate eminence. But if you look at the external canal here and side down it, that's going to be almost directly in a line with the internal acoustic meatus. The other way of citing how to drill out the internal acoustic meatus is to take and create an angle between the greater petrosal and the arcuate eminence. That angle is usually about 120 degrees and then you bisect that angle and you lock the retractor on top of the Petrus ridge and you begin drilling here above the porous, which is deep but wide with lots of rooms around the nerves to the fundus where if the nerve is going to be very superficial but the drilling is going to be very tight. So we've drilled now from porous to fundus. We see here what segment? Labyrinthine segment. And uh, so that we can drill three approaches, one through the petrous apex, one to the internal acoustic meatus, the other drill out the labyrinth and do an extended middle fossa approach. So here we've now drilled out medial to the meatus, the anterior petrosectomy approach, down to the clivus and the inferior petrosal sinus. We see the ica, the sixth nerve medially, and the anterior petrosectomy approach. This is what nerve? Passes under. Grover's ligament, that's six. Fourth, third nerve. Running above it. Pecom. Superior cerebellar artery, ICA. So you want to have all of these relationships. So now you can expose this area of the middle fossa through an OZ for just going to the uh, middle fossa approach to the meatus or the anterior petrosectomy. We can do a temporal craniotomy centered above the posterior root of the zygoma. We elevate the dura and here we see 
greater petrosal. Now, when we're exposing the, the triangles in the cavernous sinus, we peel this dura backwards, but if you're peeling from front to back at the greater petrosal, it's easy to get under the nerve and avulse it. So when we want to expose this area in the greater petrosal, we get in posteriorly, we elevate this dura forward, and usually that dura peels up off of the greater petrosal nerve. And in about 16% of cases, lateral to the trigeminal, we see the geniculate ganglion exposed under the dura in the floor of the middle fossa. And not only is the ganglion exposed, but you see some of the, what segment? <coughs> Labyrinthine, and here, tympanic segment exposed under the dura. So you want to be very careful in this area. If you're going to do just an approach to the internal acoustic meatus, you can often save the middle meningeal artery, which does send some blood supply to the facial nerve. Uh, but for drilling out the anterior petrosectomy, we usually need to sacrifice the middle meningeal artery. And so the two most common approaches that we take to this area are either the approach to the internal acoustic meatus, bisecting this angle between the greater petrosal and arcuate eminence that overlies the superior canal, and we begin drilling at the petrous ridge and work toward the fundus. For the anterior petrosectomy, we drill medially under the trigeminal nerve down to the side of the clivus. And here we've opened the meatus working from porous to fundus, and this is what nerve? Facial, cochlear, intermedius that could be made up as many as four bundles, superior vestibular, inferior vestibular, okay. Well, everyone passes that course. And this just shows you at the fundus how close the cochlea and the vestibule are. Facial nerve, superior vestibular, cochlear, inferior vestibular. And this is Bill's bar. And this is transverse crest at the fundus. So the anterior petrosectomy approach we drill medially to the porous, behind the greater petrosal nerve. The carotid, if you drill this bone, you'll find it just under the, the greater petrosal nerve. You drill under the superior petrosal sinus, down under the third trigeminal division, to the side of the clivus, along the inferior petrosal sinus. And then you open the temporal dura and divide the superior petrosal sinus. Uh, and then you divide the tenth. So the approach looks something like this. You open the temporal dura 
and elevate the temporal lobe, always taking care to preserve lobe, and then we divide the tent, taking care to preserve the fourth nerve at the medial edge, and it gives you this approach to the anterolateral brain stem. Uh, you have exposure above and below the trigeminal nerve, and it delivers you down to the side of the basilar artery. So some surgeons, if they're going to go to a low basilar bifurcation, do transcavernous approach through the clinoidal and oculomotor triangle, and others do an anterior petrosectomy that opens up this area between the pons and the clivus to reach a low basilar bifurcation. And what nerve is this? Six nerve passing below Gerber's ligament. So this is just another one of these exposures of internal acoustic meatus, facial nerve, the labyrinthine segment, tympanic segment, greater petrosal nerve, the cochlea. I'll even buy three cups of coffee tomorrow <laughs> at breakfast for anyone that can expose the basal turn the middle turn and the apical turn of the cochlea in this cochlear angle. And now we view the approaches through the posterior fossa. Uh, just looking at porous, we see seven, eight, we see subarcuate artery labyrinthine artery, facial nerve in the infraflocular position, Lushka. We drill off the meatus. To drill off the meatus, you usually have to sacrifice the subarcuate artery, but it ends blindly in bone. In about half the cases, the ica will loop into the porous, and here we've opened the dura, we see eight, seven, and rootlets of intermedius. They, sometimes the ica can loop all the way to the fundus. And here we're looking in from the back, and this is Bill's bar, superior vestibular, the anterior vestibular, cochlear, facial, and intermedius. So now, if you drill lateral to the porous of the meatus, you can, if the pathology goes into the vestibule or the canals and hearing is lost, you can drill all the way lateral into the vestibule and what is this? What is that prominence? Arcuate, and what <coughs> canal is that? Superior, and this is the canal of the posterior fossa, the posterior canal, 
the canal of the middle fossa. What did I drill into here? Common cruise, the junction of the back end of the superior canal and the up end of the posterior canal. And you can drill into it then, common cruise, or you can get into the endolymphatic sac. Here we see the hiatus, and it sets in the dura on the back of the meatus. Someone or a lot of you are going to get a piece of rubber dam into the endolymphatic sac. Sigmoid comes down, and then what turns up under the labyrinth in the infralabyrinthine position? The jugular bulb sets here. So that here we see the hiatus of the endolymphatic sac. It sets in the dura here in the hook of the sigmoid. Uh, when you expose, if you're wanting to avoid it, why you can feel the endolymphatic sac. In this area, the dura, if you feel through the dura, the dura is going to get a little softer. And then this area under the labyrinth, if you drill this out, you see the jugular bulb here in the infralabyrinthine position uh, so that we've exposed the jugular bulb here. It can even extend into the posterior lip of the meatus. And this is the, this is A, the vestibular nerves, what nerve? Cochlear, facial, and the canals are here, and below the fundus of the meatus, the vestibule opens into the cochlea that sets here adjacent this lateral bend of the petrous carotid, uh, and it sets in that cochlear angle. Uh, so here we've drilled out the labyrinth, uh, and the vestibule opens below the fundus into the cochlea, and this is going to be facial, Bill's bar, superior vestibular, the inferior vestibular, and this is the singular branch of the inferior vestibular that innervates the ampulla of the posterior canal. And what canals does the superior innervate? The superior and lateral canal ampulla. And this is the oval window in which the stapy sets. So you're looking at the fundus of the right meatus Bill's bar. Facial. Superior vestibular. The inferior vestibular. Cochlear. Singular foramen for the branch of the inferior vestibular that goes to the posterior canal ampulla. And now we will review the approaches from laterally directed through the mastoid. So 
Everyone passes that course. Course of facial nerve. A, deep to the spine of Henley. Mastoid antrum that's lateral to the labyrinth at, at A. And here we see sigmoid, jugular bulb, infralabyrinthine, tegmen, middle fossa, superior petrosal sinus. What do we call this angle here? Sinodural angle. You want to see your sigmoid and working in this area. It's going to be easier if you just get behind the sigmoid. It makes things easier to pull away. And our labyrinth, this is the facial recess. And above is the fossa and cutis. You always see the uh, short process of the incus pointing toward the tympanic segment of the facial nerve, which passes below the lateral canal and then downward. So the labyrinth, this is superior. And you see how this lateral canal, the posterior canal, wraps around it Half is below, half above. And where is the facial nerve? Well, the answer is facial nerve along this area. Where's the common cruise when you look at it lateral? C. At the back end of the superior, up end of the posterior, superior vestibular area at the anterior end of superior and lateral canal at A. Drill damage to facial nerve at D. You could also get it if you drill on the medial to the upside of the superior canal. You can bag the geniculate ganglion in that area. So we always drill lower side of superior canal, upside of lateral canal, First, stapedial muscle attached to the neck of the stapes, and this is what recess? Facial, and this is fossa and cutis, oval window. Here's where you thread the cochlear implant. You work through the facial recess, you look through it, you see the round window and stick a little wire up in there for a cochlear implant. So, and this is the, the endolymphatic <laughs> sac, worth a few cups of coffee there. So here is just a, a approach through the mastoid then and sigmoid, sinodural angle, middle fossa plate, uh, what canal? Posterior, wrapping around the back part of the lateral canal. This is the spine of Henley. Okay. This is tympanic cavity, corda tympani crossing inner surface of tympanic membrane. What is that? That dark hole. It's your station tube so that 
often when they drill out a mastoid, a translab, to prevent CSF leak, they'll plug the eustachian tube uh, since hearing has been lost. Uh, and here we have malleus, incus, staphes, short process of incus, you can use it as a landmark. It always points to tympanic segment of facial that turns downward below which canal? That's lateral canal. This is the posterior. And then you don't see superior until you work medial over the top of the lateral canal. So here we just see lateral canal. This is facial nerve turning downward, the short process of the incus pointing toward this tympanic segment of facial nerve, stapes setting an oval window. And here we've drilled out the canals. We've saved the anterior end, the ampulated end of the lateral canal. And the facial nerve tympanic segment passes just above the stapes setting in the oval window, stapedial muscle, and then here is that ampulla of the lateral canal above the facial nerve. So you want to drill that upside of the lateral canal first. So that spine of Henley is here, external canal, mastoid tip. You drill through this area where the mastoid antrum comes into view and uh, facial nerve. This is corda tympani, facial recess, fossa incutus, and in drill this, commonly there's a little bridge of bone from the anterior edge of the lateral canal across to the posterior canal wall, and that's called the buttress. Some of you'll drill it and see the buttress, and then that comes out last and it open, communicates the facial recess and the fossa incutus. And then the deepest canal is the superior. This is lateral canal with a posterior canal wrapped around the back end of it. The facial nerve turning downward below the lateral canal. And the view again. Uh, superior, lateral, posterior. Uh, here we've exposed the endolymphatic sac, and you can get into the sac retrosigmoid, or you can identify the sac uh, presigmoid in this retro lab exposure. Uh, now you could do a partial labyrinthectomy if you take out the superior canal. It increases the access to the middle fossa, and if you take off the posterior canal, it gives a little increased access to posterior fossa. If you plug these openings, you can save hearing in about half the cases. If you get into the lateral canal, it's hard to preserve hearing, so, but you can do a partial labyrinthectomy 
And here we've taken out the lateral canal. We still have the ampulated end of it here at the superior vestibular area preserved. Uh, and then you drill out the um, labyrinth that gives you access to the internal acoustic meatus. Uh, if you need just CP angle here, you can do retrolab, but to get the nerves in the meatus, you need to drill out the labyrinth. This is five, seven, intermedius, eight, nine, ten, six, motor five, it arises around the superior medial side of the sensory root, sometimes five or six, seven rootlets coming into the brain stem, superior medial to the sensory root, and here we just see the tympanic membrane, corda tympani, what segment of facial? Mastoid, tympanic, running above the stapes setting in the oval window. And here's the geniculate ganglion here. If you want to move a facial nerve, then right here is where the greater petrosal nerve arises. If you divide that, you could move the facial nerve posteriorly uh, like this to get in for a transcochlear approach, but that always results in a temporary, complete facial palsy that rarely or uncommonly recovers to better than a grade three, which is some eye closure. So once you work around or move the facial nerve back, you can get into the petrous apex, into the cochlea, drill it out in a transcochlear approach, and that, that delivers you through the petrous apex, below five, down to the side of the basilar, adjacent six. The exposure looks like this, side of clivus, inferior petrosal sinus, facial nerve is folded backward, this is six, passing through the inferior petrosal sinus, five here. Uh, and then you can combine that in the pre-sigmoid approaches with a temporo-occipital craniotomy. Here we've drilled out the labyrinth. We see what canal? Faces middle fossa, temporal lobe, superior, posterior, lateral, endolymphatic sac. And in this approach then, we open the temporal dura, divide across the superior petrosal sinus, down across this dura, between the sigmoid and the labyrinth that we call Troutman's Triangle. You usually divide through the endolymphatic sac and 
This is the posterior fossa exposure, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then we divide the tent, we see five, motor five, seven, intermedius eight. And then you drill out the labyrinth, you have access to the meatus. Always when we divide the tent, we want to, uh, and open the temporal dura, we want to preserve Lebay. It's a important consideration in planning these approaches. And then in dividing the tent, we always want to preserve fourth nerve. This is a translab exposure. And then you can move the facial nerve posteriorly, drill out the cochlea. You're down to the side of the clivus, the inferior petrosal sinus, sixth nerve, basilar artery, fourth nerve, third nerve. So uh, just a, a view of the ossicles. This is, what is that? Well, that's the pedial muscle, the tendon attached to the stapes. Now you're, you're sitting inside the vestibule. We pull the stapes out of the oval window. You're looking out at the inside of the tympanic membrane, facial nervous. What segment? Labyrinthine, just before the geniculate ganglion, tympanic segment, mastoid. What is this? Tensor tympani. It attaches to the malleus. Uh, and then crossing the inner surface of the tympanic membrane, corda tympani. Well, I know that took a long time. Uh, I hope it got you oriented to some of the things that we're going to be doing. Thank you.